Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and I hope you join us for the next quarter of an hour for this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, Pastor Greg Scalzo is teaching an ongoing series entitled Heavenly Authority, and the current sermon is from 1 Samuel chapter 16, where the Holy Spirit departs from Saul and a tormenting spirit sent by the Lord troubles him. David is called to play the harp for Saul, and when he does, Saul becomes refreshed and the distressing spirit leaves him. Here now is Pastor Greg with the conclusion of the sermon. And what's true for a man, and we see it here, we're speaking about heavenly authority. And we see the madness and the insanity of Saul. We've seen the lying spirits for Ahab. And we see how when a person in authority and the heart of the leader doesn't want anything of God, how the spirit will depart, for God's spirit will not strive with man forever, the scriptures say. And that leader becomes subject to every unclean demon. And we've heard some terrible stories, right, accounts of Christian leaders, of men of God who have gone from one position where it looked like they had so much potential to a terrible end. Well, what's true for the leadership is also true for the people. And what's true for the people is also true for a nation, a generation. How we can become subject to unclean demons and madness and deception and ultimately defeat. Saul's rebellion leads to the loss of the Holy Spirit. That vacuum that's there, God's protection removed. Saul, any human being, any society becomes an easy target for the devil and demons, for their crazy thoughts, their depressions, their gloom, their torment. And God will use it. He will allow it sometimes for salvation. If you look in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles that a man has his father's wife. A man was sleeping with his father's wife in the church in the church. And he says then in verse 5, deliver such a one as they gather together, as they're in there in the power of the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Deliver him, hand him over to Satan. It's better to allow him the results, the punishment of his actions the torment of Satan to try to tear him apart, that he would come to his senses perhaps and repent and turn to God and be saved for eternity, than to allow him to stay in a blessed situation in the church and never confront the sin. God will use these deceiving and tormenting spirits and even Satan himself the host that comes up on his left hand to give an account of what they're doing. Even though they will be bound someday and powerless, 
even though their existence in this world to torment and create evil is not his heart's desire, he will allow it because of the evil in mankind. That we might understand that Satan should not be our king. That Satan kills, he steals, he destroys, and we need to run back to our Heavenly Father and say, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. Create in me a clean heart. Restore your Holy Spirit onto me. He allows it. Hand such a one over to Satan. In 2 Thessalonians, we spoke about how this can happen to a society. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the section that speaks about the society in the last days and the rise of the Antichrist, it says in verse 9, look at this, in verse 9 it says, the coming of the lawless one, that's the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Now, is Satan the enemy of God? Yes. Satan's end result will be in the lake of burning fire. Is the Antichrist the enemy of God? Yes. He's going to try to destroy everything. He's going to declare himself God. He is set against the Christ. He is the Antichrist. And his end will be he's thrown alive into the lake of burning fire. Working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception, unrighteous deception, remember the lying spirits? Among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. They don't receive the love of the truth. They don't receive the gospel. So then they receive this unrighteous deception, those who are going to perish. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved, verse 11, and for this reason, for the reason that they won't receive the truth, they won't receive God, they won't receive his love, for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Now the lie is coming from the enemy. The lie is demonic, but it is the just punishment, it is the righteous judgment upon those who will not receive the truth of God. And so Satan is doing it, the Antichrist is doing it, but God allows it. God sends them strong delusion. For this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, the ultimate lie that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They won't accept the truth. They'll mock the truth. They'll hate the truth. They'll hate those who bring the truth. They'll persecute those who bring the truth even as Ahab. So God says, you don't want the truth? I'm going to give you what you want. And he allows them to receive the lie of deception, which will bring in the Antichrist which will give them allegiance with the Antichrist, and then they'll receive the punishment of the Antichrist. God allows the lying spirit. He allows the delusion as a tool of judgment. Paul says, hand them over to Satan in hopes that he'll be saved, that he comes to his senses. And you can see that with Saul. You know, every time David plays, is an opportunity. And sometimes God allows the tormenting, deluding spirit as an instrument of judgment upon those who will not receive the truth, 
and then he gives them what they've asked for. Look up why this happens up above in verse 1. It says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or word or by letter as if from us as though the day of the Lord had come. They're saying it happened already. Jesus came. The rapture's happened. He said, don't let anyone disturb you about that. He said, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. The man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. The falling away comes first. What does that word mean, falling away? The NIV will translate it rebellion. It's apostasia. We get the word apostasy from it. It means a defection from the truth. Separation from the truth, divorce. The word is used for divorce. It's a divorce from God. It's a divorce from the truth. It's a falling away from all the truth of God. And as society does that, as society wants no part of the truth, no part of God, divorces God and his word, then the Antichrist can come in. And God sends this delusion. You want no truth? Then you'll receive the punishment of delusion, to be deceived by this man of lawlessness, to think he's God. Rebellion takes the Holy Spirit out of our society, pushes him out of the society, and then the demons of deception can flood into the vacuum, and God will allow it for judgment, and God will allow it also as a wake-up call for those who can be saved to see the consequences of rebellion, that they repent and they come back. Initially, Saul is friendly toward David. He loves David. He makes him his armor bearer. And you can see as David plays, as David plays that harp, Saul feels stable again, and there's love for David. And then as that spirit comes back, there's anger, there's jealousy, there's hatred, there's resentment, there's murder, and Saul becomes a different person. You see two different Sauls. Even much later on, if you go forward way ahead into chapter 24, after Saul is after David's life, he's chasing David all over the place, and David has an opportunity to kill Saul, and he spares Saul's life, and he speaks to Saul. It says in verse 16, so it was when David had finished speaking these words to Saul, that Saul said, is this your voice, my son David? Now Saul's been running after him with murderous anger. And he hears, he says, that's your voice. He hears he's had his life spared. Is that your voice? Is this your voice, my son David? David's as a son to him. And Saul lifted up his voice and he wept and he cries. One minute Saul is a man who loves David as his son. He loves him and he's crying. And one minute he's angry and he hates him. He wants to kill him. He wants to take that spear and kill him over and over and over again. Sounds like he's two different people. Because there's more than one spirit occupying that person's body. That person's demon possessed. And the only way that person can be changed permanently is through Jesus Christ. Saul becomes like two different people, two different men. God allows these spirits, they only can do what they do because God allows it. Because when God speaks the word, what's going to happen? 
they're all going to be swept up and cast into the lake of burning fire. They only could do what they do for a time. That's why those demons are so afraid when Jesus walks in that synagogue because it means the end of their power when he says go. He allows it for judgment. He allows it sometimes that a person might come to their senses and be saved. And we need to use the moments of the joy of the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, I want permanent change in my life. I don't just want a momentary thrill, a momentary feeling of peace, of niceness. I want this to last. I don't want to be like Saul that I feel great one moment and then go back and live worse because Jesus says it gets worse each time. Comes back with seven others. I don't want any demonic place in my life, Lord. And we need to repent and say, fill me, wash me with your Holy Spirit. Let me not fall into the deception, Lord, a deception that ultimately will take a rebellious world and lead it down the road to accepting the most horrendous man in history as God. Save me from deception, Lord. Save me from torment. Save me from myself. Indwell in me and let it not be one day of the week one hour when I turn on a Christian song, when I read one passage, let it be every minute of the day in you. In Jesus' name, amen. As always, we would greatly enjoy hearing from you. Our address is Shi'ar Jashub, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Our Sunday service is at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Service is at 10 a.m. We pray the Lord Jesus blesses you as you grow in the knowledge of Him.